0: Welcome to Behind the Smoke Podcast, Barbecue War Stories. My name is Sean Walcheff with Cali Comfort Barbecue. We are recording Above the Butcher Shop with my man Derek Marceau from Valley Farm Market. And we made it out of our ninth annual Spring Valley Tailgate and Barbecue Festival.
1: Dude, It was probably one of the most gratifying events I think we've ever done. Um, this is our ninth year that we've done the Spring Valley Barbecue Competition. Having the amateurs come out the eclectic group that we are in Spring Valley having everyone come together i'd imagine we probably had around 8000 people that came out to the event it was just amazing to see the group of people come together and i don't think there was a person that didn't have a good time i mean it's we have you know dancing singing barbecue every every race religion gender it was just amazing for everyone to come together in a world that's so divided um i'm just extremely proud of the progress we've made in the last nine years.
0: Yeah, it's uh, something having gone to school, being very fortunate, my grandfather was able to provide me a private education in La Jolla. And at the Bishop School, they require that 100 hours of community service. And we had Shane Walton on the podcast way early, about a year and a half ago when we started this thing. And Organizations and Training is the charity that we raised money for. They help mentor at-risk youth, uh, mentorship, sports. That's something that you and I take very seriously. That's how our friendship started. Um, When you're in high school and they make you do community service hours, you think it's a fucking joke and you try to find ways to scheme your way out of doing those hours, you know, or you go and you do it. But once you do it, there's always something in the back of your mind. And I think that whatever that is in the back of your mind, you know that it's the right thing that you should be doing when you're giving back. Um, I think that's the things that every single year, no matter how hard it's been to put put this event on, we've learned every year how to build a team. And that internal team helps us to make a safer festival, a festival where we can have more amateur barbecue teams, where we can give back more, and where we can really just celebrate the community. And I think uh, that's something that really definitely happened this last uh, last event it was really cool to see.
1: I can't express how fortunate we are to have the team that we have. Um, you know, everywhere, you know, we talk to different people, they just are so impressed with, the team itself. And then that's just a testament to the people that want to give back and do the right thing. So, I mean, it's just, again, I'm, I'm extremely proud to be part of this community and, and doing the right thing for, for the people and, you know, giving back to underprivileged kids that might not be able to do the sports or do, you know, have the education or food is, uh, again, something that there's no monetary gain. Um, there's nothing tangible about it, but it's something that's more rewarding than anything I do.
0: Absolutely. And we want to thank those listeners to the podcast that came out and stopped us during the event, no matter how busy we were. We appreciate you listening to the podcast. We appreciate you coming out and supporting the barbecue teams, the West Coast Barbecue Movement, um, sending us all the photos. I mean, it's something that's really cool to see. You know, we had Derek Dawson from the San Diego Gulls on the podcast before the event started and multiple people came up to him. People from Big John Brand, um, Ragged Tooth Barbecue, you name it, all these the community is really coming back. And I mean, even Ben and Shelly Higgins, they came out, they did an our rendezvous podcast. They interviewed you, me, Corey. Um, they had Stacy Poon on. Um, they had Jeremy from Yard Pirates. And it's, it's just cool to see the larger impact that the barbecue community is having. And even the people that aren't able to make it to this event, they've reached out and said, hey, when I'm in San Diego, I'm gonna make sure I make it to this barbecue festival that I keep watching online.
1: Dave Raymond.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: The pioneer uh, of Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce was at this event. I mean, that's not telling you something about what's going on in the West Coast barbecue movement. I don't know what is.
0: Yeah, that's, um, you know, the coolest thing about this podcast is as much as we talk about barbecue, barbecue opens up all kinds of different doors for us. And uh, behind the smoke, the whole idea is really to get behind entrepreneurship, to get behind business, to find out kind of the reason why people do what they do. And anybody that's doing something, That is admirable. We want to bring on this podcast. Um, We're fortunate today to have two gentlemen here, uh, Byron and Ian Frisch from Repower Solar and Roofing. Um, You guys have been kind of on the cutting edge of something that is a hot topic, um, which is solar energy. So welcome to Behind the Smoke. Thank
2: you for being here. And uh, let's kind of dig into your business and kind of where you guys started. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us on. It's, uh, it's pretty awesome to come out this morning.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, known you guys for a long time personally. I have, and I mean, it's just awesome to see what you guys are doing, going, transitioning from different industries, and now being in the re- the repower and doing solar. I mean, that's something that in itself has to be kind of gratifying because you're giving back, you're giving people basically money in their pockets to do more um, in their in their families. So, again, welcome to the behind the smoke. Um, how in the world? Did you guys even get into this? Because I remember, I mean, you guys are doing a lot of other things, but uh, solar was probably seemed to be the furthest thing than that. something that you guys were sure. doing, you know?
3: Yeah, um, that's kind of a good story. Um, basically, we were looking for an opportunity. Um, Ian and I had worked together um, in an insurance brokerage, and we had done that for a couple of years, and we had some success in that. Um, but... There wasn't a lot of real satisfaction in it. Sure. You know, we both kind of felt like we were selling smoke and mirrors. Mm-hmm. You know, insurance is a contract, and we kind of got to see behind the scenes. And these insurance companies have, you know, hundreds of attorneys on staff, and their one job is right. to make sure that they don't pay you, their customer, any benefit. Right. So we didn't really feel wonderful about the business. Um, when the markets crashed in two thousand and eight, that business sort of a hit as well sure so we were given the opportunity to go out and look for something else and uh ian had a history in construction so we kind of sat back and basically just looked around at the at the market and what was available in 2000 um at this point it was more like 2013 when we had sort of gathered ourselves up we were really looking for a new opportunity Mm -hmm. and so we looked into franchises, um, franchises of all different kind of businesses, because we knew that we wanted something that was proven to work so that we would not fail. Um, we knew we could work hard. We knew we could put in the hours. Right. So if there was something that already had a recipe that we we could succeed, we knew we could make it succeed. So we were looking at all different franchises and uh, we came upon the Repower franchise, which was a solar installation franchise. And we said, you know, what, well, that's kind of cool. It's uh, it's a it's a technology that's taking off. We feel like it hadn't really hit its stride yet, so mm-hmm. it could be part of the boom and growth. And um, so we went ahead and went for it. We right. partnered up. We um, we bought the San Diego franchise, um, and we just kind of hit the ground running. And and it was kind of what we thought it was. The 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 franchise um, franchise model gave us the resources so that we didn't make those really expensive um you know, career ending mistakes sure. you can make in a new business. That's fuck, <laughs> yeah. right? right? We've all we've all made those. Right. So we've obviously still made some small mistakes, mm-hmm. but we avoided the really big ones that would have put us out of business. Sure. And so um so yeah, that was uh, almost five years ago now. And um and it worked kind of the way it was supposed to. There's been some ups, there's been some downs. The solar industry has seen some ups and downs. Um we've made it through all of them. Right. Mostly because we, we know how to get up early, we know how to work hard, and, um, and we don't, we're not overly aggressive. You know, there's been a lot of guys in this industry who have come in and gone real big you know, with, with, with big investments in, in, you know, resources. and resources, and at the end of the day, you have to remember, solar sales and installation is like any other trade. It's like being a plumber mm-hmm. or being an HVAC guy. Um, you know, yeah, there's a market. There's a big market, but it's very competitive. And, um, you know, you've you, you got to watch the bottom line. You can't just spend, you know,
1: right. without, without limit. So explain to people that might not be too familiar with solar, because we're fortunate in San Diego where we can do solar. A lot of our listeners are around the world and in different parts of the United States where solar might not be you know relevant to them. They might not understand because they might have clouds, you know, 8 months out of the year. So explain to people what we're talking about like where the solar panels go, how they work and and how do they, you know, generate energy. Sure.
2: So we're talking about photovoltaic solar panels that go on the roof of your home or on a ground mount that's built out in the backyard if you've got some, you know, if you've got some land and some space. But in essence it takes the sunshine, turns it into DC electricity, and then there's an inverter that um, converts that DC electricity into AC electricity, which is what we use in our homes. It's what comes out of the plugs. Gotcha. Um, in most markets, there is what's called net metering, where the electricity, you don't have to store that electricity uh, on site in batteries. You can send that out onto the grid. It gets used by your neighbors and you get credits for that power, right? And then when you get home and, and you the home starts using electricity, you then buy back that power uh, with those with those net metering credits, right? And uh, so the net metering um, is kind of what, you know, makes this solar business go round and round. It's what makes it feasible for, for everybody and what makes it a heck of a lot cheaper than most utilities. So the reason Southern California and San Diego in specifically is such a hot solar market is because SDG&E, our utility here, is so ridiculously expensive, Right. right? They've got a monopoly, and so they can charge whatever they want, and uh, and customers don't have an option to go buy power from anywhere else unless they go solar. Right. So, um, so that's driven the solar market in San Diego like crazy. And you can cut your SDG&E bill in half if you you know finance a solar system. You can finance it out for as long as twenty years, twenty five years, and then instead of paying SDG&E three hundred bucks a month, you pay you know one hundred and fifty bucks a month to your your new solar loan. Um. Other parts of the country have not seen this solar boom because they might, you know, they might pay one quarter for the electricity that they buy from their utility than we do here in San Diego. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's basically utility rates is uh, one of the main driving factors uh, in the, of the solar business. And then obviously there are those customers that uh, want to do the right thing, want to save the planet, go green, produce their own electricity. Sure. Um, you know, energy independence, that that whole deal.
1: So what do you, you know, starting a new business, I mean, I, like, I, like I said, it's extremely hard. I, I know starting up a business and taking over businesses, how, how hard it can be. Getting into this, what were some of the obstacles you guys had to overcome? I mean, thinking about, did you have to do cold calls? Did you just talk to your families? How did you guys generate, you know, uh, customers at first?
2: Um, yeah, it's tough, right? It's really competitive out there. Um, everybody's getting multiple bids. How many um, solar companies would you say are in San fuck, Diego? Dude. Over a hundred. Every time you walk just into yeah, someone, in like, you Diego. own a
1: home. I'm like, nope, my wife does. Yep. Yeah, I don't own shit. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. So there's there is a lot of competition, and there was a time when you know the big players in the market were were giving away solar um, at a loss just to gain market share, mm-hmm. right? And those big players have pretty much moved out of Southern California because it's not an unlimited market share. That it's not. You know it's not Amazon you can't lose money for 20 years or whatever and then finally you know right. turn the switch to profits right so those times were really difficult when we're competing against the big companies that can lose five billion dollars a year or five billion dollars a quarter or whatever it was um, you know and and but we've as a small company, we've got to generate a profit every month right we don't, we don't ever have to get to have a losing month no for sure or we close the doors right absolutely so um, luckily those days have have come and gone and now you know, everybody that's still in the space, still selling solar, is for the most part, you know, generating profit from it. Yeah. Um, in the early days, you know, it was personal outreach. It was all our friends and family. Everybody we know that owns a home uses electricity mm-hmm. and they buy their electricity from sdg for a really bad deal, right? Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that naturally that's where it starts and then it grow, grows from there. And, you know, if you do a great job and you take care of people and give them competitive prices... Then guess what? They were free to their friend, their friends and family. Sure, and it continues to grow.
1: Yeah, word of mouth has always been the best thing for us. You know, we're we're fortunate where we have a reputation of of sixty years, but you know, just word of mouth in the community, being part of the families that that is where you get the most return, you know, I, when people are out there talking about your saying your name. And like you, like you said, there's a hundred different things. And it's probably, you probably don't have a lot of stuff that's proprietary to what you do, except for the customer service that you guys give, um, talking about the rates, you know, making sure that they're taken care of. If they have a question, like I did, you guys did my solar at my house, but... I have a question, and we'll talk about it after. But it's like having that customer service is something that's going to set you apart from everybody else. It's not just a transactional thing, a monetary gain. It's what you can give. There, there has to be some type of perceived, uh, you know, th- they have to make sure that they're getting a perceived value, right?
2: Yes, absolutely. And uh, yeah, that's that's one of the main benefits of doing business with with a small company, with a small business, family owned. Um, you know, I'm not uh, I'm not an independent sales guy that's just bouncing around from from company to company. And next time you call me, I'm going to be working for you know three different companies. Sure. Um, so yeah, I think uh, a lot of our customers find find comfort and uh, confidence in that. That um, you know, if they call me in five years, they know uh, they'll know I'll still be here and still be able to take care of their needs.
1: Are the panels forever changing? I mean, I, I would imagine they're always getting more efficient, correct? And you hear about Elon Musk is coming out with some fucking panel that's going to go on your on your roof tile or like yeah what, what, is it forever changing and there's some type of uh i don't know is a mineral that came out that they found in russia or something that's supposed to be 10 times more efficient than with the solar we have now how's it how's it progressing
2: there's all kinds of crazy um uh, you know headlines that come sure. out in the solar yeah. business yeah um and then when whenever those make it to market which they usually never do right. um <laughs> then maybe they will have an effect on the business right yeah um as far as elon musk's um you know, solar roof tiles. I think I've lost more deals with him talking about that shit than, <laughs> than he's actually installed. Right. right? Yeah. I'll get a customer every now and again. that's going, no, I'm going to wait for those solar roof tiles. Right. right. Like, well, first of all, your roof's perfectly fine. And, um, you know, so we can install on your roof. Second of all, yeah, that's going to be about 10 times the cost of what we can do today. Right. Right. <clears throat> and so, yeah, I've had a, I've had a handful of customers that have held off until the, waiting on those roof tiles that are still not available. And, uh, They've been done, quite frankly. There's a couple different communities around San Diego that ha- have these roof tiles. They're not the Elon Musk ones, uh-huh. but they are previous companies that have come and gone. And there's fundamental issues with uh, with integrating roof tiles with solar panels, um, connection points, and uh, ventilation around the panels themselves. You know, it all it all it leads to degradation and uh, less efficiency on the panels.
1: Um, cleaning solar panels mm-hmm. is that a thing that needs to be done all the time? You know, because I've read so many different you know things where they all contradict themselves. Some people say don't clean your sol- solar panels, don't touch them, and then some people are like, you got to clean them. You know, four times a year. Sure. You know, what, what's the what's the what do you guys say to do?
2: A clean solar panel will produce more electricity. Yeah. It's fairly marginal, and your risk versus reward. I'm never going to tell a customer to climb on their own roof and right. clean their solar panels because if they fall off, <laughs> uh, your attorney <laughs> probably advises against that. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Because <laughs> I then, would. And then you know. Quite frankly, it's not great for a roof to walk on it on a regular basis, right? Um, obviously, we got to walk on a roof to install solar panels, but uh, we don't want you up there throwing parties. You're going to right. degrade your roof faster. Sure. So, um, you know, I'll tell the homeowner, hey, if you can spray your, your solar panels with some of that, you know, outdoor Windex product and, and get up there with a long brush from the ground, Uh, that, that, that would be a good idea every now and again, Okay, but uh, I'm not going to suggest getting up on the roof to do it.
1: And being a small, independent family owned business, you guys are able to pivot a lot faster than these bigger companies, like you said, that are, have found their way out of this industry. And you guys are now getting into roofing and doing those things that you're, you're starting to see makes a lot more sense to do it all together. Right. Um, what, what do you guys see that's what's coming up next? What are you guys going to do? How are you guys going to be innovative? I know you guys are going to be really big and start doing like social media stuff. Like what do what you guys, you know, what's what's next for you guys?
2: That's a good question. You know, uh, it's, it's one day at a time with, mm-hmm. with a small business. And, uh, you know, we do have some plans on, on how to grow this thing in, in 2019. Uh, we brought in a new partner in, for business de- business development that's getting us involved in things like this podcast. Right, and uh, and so I think that's going to be great for us. Um, the small commercial space is uh, for solar and roofing it, it is uh, is huge opportunity. Um, we've seen the sdg e rates probably grow twenty to thirty percent on small commercial over the last three years. It's
1: disgusting.
2: And again, as electricity rates from the utility get more expensive. It drives the solar business. And so, yeah, we're definitely going to take on quite a bit of, uh, of small commercial um, solar and roofing this year. We're reaching out to um, community managers and uh, big, uh, large property managers. Um, there's also new opportunity for apartment owners to put large scale solar systems on their apartment complexes and then sell that power to their tenants. It's actually a new revenue stream for apartment owners. Right. And so uh, we're exploring that as well for 2019. So, uh, Byron, you played in the NFL. You went to the Combine.
0: Derek talks about it often, transitioning from the NFL to coming and cleaning the bathroom here at the butcher shop. and how it's So much fun. You go from the peak <laughs> of your career to, you know, back to where he never thought he would be. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, the Combine specifically, because both of you guys did the combine and then playing in the NFL and then now working with your brother.
3: Yeah. The, uh, the combine was very exciting, very stressful, you know, time <laughs> where, you know, you got to show your wares, um, and hope that somebody wants to, to bid on your <laughs> <Right>. services. <laughs> so fucking, that's a good way to look uh, at it. it Stock. Stock. You're, you're not, standing
1: up there in your fucking chonies. You're like, <laughs> what's up? They're like, turn around. Go, all right. That's all I got guys. Right. Yeah, you, sure. You're hiding. Yeah.
3: No, you're hiding nothing. <laughs> yeah. At the combine. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it, we called it the meat market, right? Yeah, the meat That's market, exactly what it was. But
0: it's also they also do the wonderlic, which is your brain. So they want to know about your brain. Yeah, as exactly. Well, so.
3: Yeah, more personality than brain. It's right. Probably the and most extensive sure. job interview you'll ever do. Exactly. Right? They are very thorough, and they've got a lot of money invested in the process, so it makes sense. But um, I think the one thing I. I the main thing I learned after being involved in the NFL is is that is a zero sum game, right? There's only so many spots on a roster. There's only so much money underneath the salary cap, and so you got to get your piece of that. And either you do or you don't. But there's not enough for everybody, so somebody wins and somebody loses. Um, somebody makes the team and somebody doesn't. Um, so when I came out of you know my three plus years in the NFL, that's that's the you know, that was the perspective I had on life was that, all right, I've got to go out here and, and win. I've got to go out here and beat the next guy. What I found, what I got into business, is that it's not that way. The business has actually it really opened my eyes and I was really happy to discover that it can be a win-win-win. You know, especially in the business we're in today. Uh, you know, if I sell something, it's not bad for the customer. It's not, I win and he loses. You know, if I sell a solar system, I win because I've got now work to do for a couple of days. Customer wins because, you know, they've got now solar and they're going to save money. Um, everybody's winning. You know, maybe SDG, SDG and SDG loses a little bit. And but that's fucking totally OK. I, yeah. <laughs> they're, right. they're fine. fine them. They're fine. Yeah. And I think business in general is that is that way. You know, we like to we like to associate, we like to network with folks in business because, yeah, we all can win. Right. It doesn't have to be a win and a lose the way the NFL was. So I was really happy to, to come into the business world and realize, wow, I don't have to either win or lose. We can all just win. Maybe I win a little bit on one. Maybe sure. I win a little bit less on the next. But um, So that was probably the biggest you know, kind of
0: mind switch that I had to make. And how about um, working with your brother? Because we talk about family, business, small business specifically. Derek working for his uncle, working for his dad. I worked for my grandfather. I had my brother work for us who he no longer works for us it's challenging it's very challenging how do you guys divide up responsibilities and how do you you know work together for that ultimate common goal Ian and I have been really lucky in that we've always had
3: personalities that do not clash you know I think in five years we've never had a single fight we just get along we think the same so we're incredibly lucky in that way because You know, I can't say that about my relationship with my wife. (laughs) Careful, uh, careful, or or any employee, and most people can't. No, for sure. So we're very, very lucky in that way. Um, I think what I like most about working with family, and even if we did argue and disagree on things, is you at least have the trust factor figured out. You know, most of us have been in business with partners or or associates, and, and we've maybe been lied to or been burned. And we've had those experiences. We've brought in, you know, partners in various aspects of the business and and been burnt and been lied to. And, and, you know, the beauty of working with family is that at least that part you don't really have to worry about. You know, we know that we're not going to really lie to each other or really screw each other. We can trust each other. So to take that out of the equation just at least makes it a little bit simpler. (laughs) Sure. Um, So that's probably my favorite part of working with family. is is just taking that out of the equation.
1: I want to go back to something you just said a minute ago. And it's something that me and and Sean Sean and I really kind of beat into people's heads um, about the win-win. And it's, we, we say this all the time, but a rising tide will lift all ships. So it doesn't have to be a thing about me suppressing anybody or me beating that person or doing anything. If we all work together and work hard, we can all win. We can all do this together. It's the people that, buck that system and they want to be just about the monetary gain or just about this transactional if i can get this guy before you guys it's like look there's a we got a lot of sun out here we got a lot of stuff like we can all do this together and it just creates an environment that's way more conducive for for positivity it's so easy to be negative right like in this world everyone wants to do all the negative shit you you see it on on social media you see it in the news they're not out there talking about I mean, the news doesn't come to Spring Valley and talk about how much money we're raising for the charities, but if there was a shooting, they'd fucking be right there, right? better believe it. They'll they'll show all the negative stuff all the time. It's the positive thing. So it's like, what what do you want to do? You want to be that change. You want to be the person that's uplifting everybody and bringing everybody up and it's just amazing because so many people don't get that. And to hear you say that is really, really cool that you understand. It's, look, it's not just about what I can get from everybody else. It's what we can all do together, right, and lift everybody up.
3: Well, and you bring up the, the synergy of working with a team. You know, I mean, obviously, coming out of the NFL, that's one thing that was, I've known from the time I was 10 years old is when you're part of a team – you can do so much more than you can do by yourself, right? right? And it just becomes more and more evident as you start a business and as you have employees and you have people you're working with, that makes the business. You know, if you have good people with you, oh my gosh, one plus one does not equal two. One plus one all of a sudden is three, Right. right? And then it just becomes exponential with, like you said, positive attitude, everybody knowing that we're working towards the same goal, everybody working together. Um, and so that's a very positive thing.
1: We, uh, went to a, a meeting yesterday, or I say we, but myself with, the, our hall of fame for our, our high school. <clears throat> and they were asking me when I was leaving, were like, how do you do everything that you do? You know, I just don't like you're, you're opening new stores. You're doing this, you're doing that, you're doing events. And, and, um, I'm like, it's not me, it's my team. Like, I can't, like, this isn't about me. This isn't about, like, Derek Mars. So it's about my team. I'm so fortunate, like we talked about earlier, to have the team that I have. I do not like to do HR. I don't like AP and AR stuff. Abby, my assistant, is fucking amazing at it. Now, I can do it, and I can check her work and make sure shit's getting done right. And there's other things that I have. My general managers and, and my meat manager, when he has his Excel spreadsheet on all the items that we have going in and out... He gets a fucking high off doing that shit. He loves it. I don't, I kind of look, I'm like, oh, we probably need like four cases of this. You know what I mean? Like I shoot from the hip sometimes, but to have that makes me feel so much more comfortable. And it's not me. It's my team that is, is doing everything. What we need to do as leaders is service them. We need to be of service to our team to make sure that they're getting what they need to keep lifting up. And they feel they don't feel suppressed. They don't feel like you're saying, well, there's no growth here. Like, No, fuck. You, you can do my job. You can do it. If you, if you really push hard, like, look, dude, if you're better than me, let's go. We can all, all work together. It's uh, that synergy you have with the team, making sure that they're taken care of. The team aspect is not just in sports. It's everywhere you go. And if you take away and stop being selfish and being selfless, you will get so much more out of business and life in general than than you did if you were just a selfish person.
0: Yeah, I think definitely, you know, having run events and doing this podcast and, you know, talking to people like Craig Data, who runs Del Mar Thoroughbred Club. I mean, we had him on the podcast and when we first started doing the event up in Del Mar, we would ask him, you know, how is it possible that you're running this entire track you don't even have a walkie talkie on you to talk to your team. It's like if I have a walkie talkie, I become a bottleneck. I prevent my guys from doing, my guys and my girls from doing what they need to do to run the event. And I can't oversee and then make decisions based off of that. And, you know, part of our job, you know, Derek and myself, is to get a way to be there to support our team, to listen, to make advising decisions, but to also let them do what they do. You know, there were multiple times during this last barbecue festival where we looked at each other and we're like, we- I don't think we don't have anything to do. Like what, what is, that's weird. Like usually we're the ones out there putting out the science, closing down the road. It's like
1: we actually For have years, a team, we did everything ourselves.
0: We did. And it was very stressful. And we almost <laughs> got to the breaking point where we're yeah. like, we're not going to have this fucking event anymore. It's just, it's too much goddamn work. Sure. But then we delegated and we said, you know, you take care of road closure. You take care of the stage. You take care of tokens. We got ourselves the fuck out away from it. And like now we can actually go and enjoy the event and be part of it and en- enjoy that time.
1: And it's so scary for for me <laughs> being a, a type A personality where I think I can do everything and I can do everything better than everybody. It's very it was one of the hardest things I ever have to do had to do is delegate. And because I'm like, I, OK, we got to cut whatever we have to cut for the case. I know I can get it done in this much time. But now with the managers we have in place and they're taking care of, they know how I want it done. It's like, okay, dude, er- guess what? Everything still works out great. It's, <laughs> it's still getting done. It, it's, and if it doesn't, we make a correction. Yeah. You yeah. Know? It's, it, it, but that was one of the hardest things I had to do is get out of my own way. Mm-hmm. When I first, when I was first, you know, taking over, I'm like, I can do everything because to be honest, my dad and I did do everything. When I was, yeah. when I first got here, we were so slow and we weren't making any money and didn't have money for payroll. And it was like, I got here at four in the morning and I didn't leave till ten o'clock at night. It was, I, we, I didn't know any different. Yeah. It was just I just did everything so
2: we've actually had some of the exact same issues obviously yeah. like most small business where um you know high level uh my business partner and brother Byron is running permits or doing something that we can pay somebody you know twelve to fifteen dollars an hour to go take care of mm-hmm. and it's uh you know it's just what you get caught up in, in a daily basis right. Well, you like, boot, you're bootstrapping.
0: You're a small business. You're trying to make it, and like you said before, you know you have to be profitable. In order to be profitable, you can't pay for someone at a certain point. You know, for us growing our catering business, like we don't have somebody that can be full time catering. It's just not possible. You know, right. we can't pay for that, but we can cross train and we can find people that want it, that have that will and that desire to. Hey, this is my job, but maybe on my off time I can learn a little bit more about catering or I can volunteer and. Those are the people you want, and those are the people you, that end up being the best leaders that we have on our inner circle.
1: Yeah, when I when we do interviews, and I was just talking to Corey. Corey's uh, our, our amazing producer here, and he, um, we're going through the progression of getting uh, graphic designers and talking about people. And I'm like, look, I don't necessarily care if they're the best in the world. I just want them to be hungry. want to be a part of this team and be a part of the process. And they, I don't want them to do me any favors. Like come here and be hungry and like let's have fun together and, and get it done and when you find those people to be on your team a lot of them aren't even crazy worried about the money that they're getting you know those are the best like, yeah it's it's look I, i'm not i don't want to underpay anybody I, i'll guarantee you right now everybody in my store makes more than the average person at albertson's or anywhere else i overpay people because i want them to be happy right i don't need to retire tomorrow i want everyone to be happy and and but when they come here if if They feel like they're doing me a favor. They're not going to be on my team. But when you find those good people, man, just fucking hold on to them. Because right now we're losing a lot of people to Uber and Lyft all the time because they can make their own schedules. They can make 40 grand a year, 50 grand a year, do whatever they want. and, And they don't have to answer to anybody. So you had to find well, that's, someone what, that that that's what that's what they're apartment. sold.
0: They're sold that they can make 40 or 50 and work their own schedule. But if they do that, they actually have to fucking work. Sure. You know, and like, that's the problem. And like, that's where the rub is. It's like we we're sold this. Hey, we can go and we can make this amount of money and you can live your own dream. Well, actually, the most successful Uber drivers, they have a fucking schedule where they're working 18 hours and they're, you know, planning their schedule around the biggest events. So on Friday night, guess what? They're not fucking going out. They're working their Uber shift. So, you know. It's tough because that's our job as small business owners is to create an environment where we give people an opportunity because we obviously want to grow. We want to do things that are creating new opportunities. But as we grow, we want our team to grow because that's the only way it's going to work. Tell us more about your guys' team, you know, starting from the bottom to how many, how many employees do you have now?
2: Oh, uh, we're probably up to what, 10 or 12 employees right now.
0: Um, no, I think that, you know,
3: Full, full full payroll is probably more like twenty two.
0: Oh. 22. Yeah. Okay.
3: So we've got uh, we've got lots of labor, right? Yeah. So we've got lots of roofing labor, and then we've also got lots of uh, solar installation labor, and those are different guys. You well, you you have you
0: have the similar issues that we have. Is if you don't have work, you can't have someone on the payroll. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You, so you, you, you have get, to feed, get caught in the you get you ca- feed the catch twenty two. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So you have to spend the money on on the on the sales process. In order to feed the machine, so that right. those other fourteen guys have work to go to on Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, you know, and we've had those days where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, sorry guys, there's no bit, there's no work today. Right. Um, luckily, very few of them. You know, you got you got to stay busy to, to make a living in any industry. I don't think you can stay home. Right. It just doesn't work that way. Um, but you know, I think that's part of the key of of, of having a successful small business is it has to be organic growth. Right. You you even if you inherit money from your parents, right? Yeah. You can't just go and spend and make that business successful. Because what you'll end up doing is just overspending. Mm-hmm. We see this when we get, you know, big venture capital money coming to the space. Mm-hmm. We've seen it four times in the last couple of years in the solar industry where solar city, right? Hugely yeah. backed, you know, Elon Musk back there in the background somewhere on the board. Right. They were losing ten million dollars a year until they just about went belly up. Elon came in and rescued them, shut them down, and is now opening them back up as Tesla because it was not organic growth. They spent, in order to put everybody in place, lots of middle management sitting around twiddling their thumbs. That's not the way that you ran your business, and that's not the way that we grew our business. Not the the way that 98% of the businesses in America have grown. It's organic growth where you have a need that actually ends up being successful. I
1: don't know if, I mean, I guess I've never had that, so I don't know that feeling, but I don't think there's anything more rewarding than doing it all yourself and having that organic growth that you know you're doing the right thing. And so if you, I mean, we can throw money at anything, right? I mean, it's, but there's not, like, when you know you're doing the right thing and, and you can look at your employees in the eyes and say, hey, I got you, like, I'm working for you guys. Like, what I'm doing is I'm trying to make that, so you have a platform where you can keep, keep working all the time, that's, for me, where I get my drive, like, it's not about me just saying, okay, like, yeah, we can do this. Like, here's, you know, 10,000 bucks. Let's, let's figure that out. That's not exciting to me. It's like you said, that organic growth, the, I mean, just our branding, um, getting new stuff, cool stuff, different gear, that kind of stuff is what really excites me when I see someone wearing a Valley farm shirt, um, you know, down the street or something, I'm like right on we're we're doing something right. You know, they want to wear that shirt. They want to be a part of a movement. a lot of people get caught up with the millennial group that they don't spend money. They spend money. They just don't spend money on the shit that you have. You <laughs> have to figure out where they're at, what they're doing and be a part of a, a movement. And they're, they're going to spend money. They're, they're not afraid to spend money, but you're just not going to tell them what they have to spend money on. So once you find that, you find that movement, that organic growth comes. It's like, man, it, it's, you can start to see the traction. Everything starts to go. And it's, it's really, really cool to see. Um, and it's cool to see that you guys implementing that in, a solar company you know and it's uh, it's cool for us to be able to sit back and be like hey do not have to worry about it. if I say hey go to repower that I, I know what, I know what people are getting I know what they're getting they're getting brain recognition they, they, they get you guys they get all in and uh, now with the with the roofing company it's uh, it's pretty pretty cool to see that where you guys are going
0: so before the podcast uh, we talk a lot about mind body spirit um, just kind of about getting healthy I mean we had uh, Andy Mirad from Tenth Planet on this podcast. Derek's inspired me to get healthy again because I've put on my own baby weight uh, after the birth of my son. Uh, but it's it's very important and it's something that really isn't talked about by leaders or people in business. And um, you know, we started doing Breakfast Club at Cali Comfort uh, once a month where we have it's a volunteer um, staff meeting essentially, but it's not a meeting where we go and talk about policies and procedures. I mean, we just talk about how do we be better as humans, how do we be better people. Um, and one of the things we do talk about is health, you know, how can we implement habits as hospitality professionals that it is really hard. We work our fucking ass off and, you know, being in this business, alcoholism is, is rampant. And, you know, for me, I've shared on the podcast, my sobriety, I've been sober for five years. Um, but even being sober, I've let my weight go. And, you know, Derek's inspired me to get back into the gym and, um, you know, I've I'd appreciate
2: if you'd tell us a little bit about your your journey and kind of that aha moment for you. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, over the last two years, I've gone through a pretty drastic uh, transition, um, or or not transition like I became a female or anything. (laughs) (laughs) Transformation. There we (laughs) go. Transformation. (laughs) Um, So I grew up, I literally grew up in a gym. Um, I was raised by a dad that owned Gold's Gyms when I was young. He was competitive power lifter in the seventies and uh, the health club business was all I knew of him, right? Uh, unfortunately, he passed away about, uh, what? Seven years ago, young, um, way too young, 62 years old, uh, ended up, uh, pancreatitis took his life. So, uh, but anyways, I got lots of great memories from my dad and a lot of those are in the gym, in the weight room. So, um, anyways, in and out of the weight room, my entire life got an older brother that ended up playing in the NFL. And a dad, that was a competitive power lifter. Um, he was picking me up before school at 6 a.m. Uh, when I was in sixth grade, and we were training. Uh, we get a we would get a weight train session in before sixth grade. Wow. So, um, anyways, you get married, you start having kids, and you get fat, um, which is kind of natural, unfortunately. <laughs> sure. It happens. Yeah. So, um, you know, it was my late mid to late 20s, early 30s that uh, uh, that yeah, I ended up getting up to damn near 300 pounds. And didn't feel good about it, and, and uh, was, not, was not training, was not eating right, and was probably drinking too much. Well, I, that, that aha moment that you talked about, uh, I was down in Baja. This was January of 2017, and spent a lot of time down in Baja. Absolutely loved down there. My mother-in-law pretty much lives down there full-time on the beach, so we go and see her every now and again it was nfl playoffs i can't remember who was playing but uh we were at a place called bobby's right by porto nuevo i had you know a huge meal and finish off probably my kids meals my wife's meals <laughs> <laughs> and probably probably drank six or seven beers there for lunch and then we would go down to the beach it was a beautiful day in january so the kids are running around in the tide pools and uh the dogs are running around and i'm hanging out with uh you know my wife and mother-in-law and her friend uh, are walking up the beach me and mother-in-law's boyfriend are are playing fetch with my dog and mother-in-law's boyfriend looks up the beach and sees these two women my mother-in-law and her friend getting mugged about 200 300 yards up the beach and so far we can't even we can just barely make out what's going on the friend is being drugged across the sand by her purse that's a couple local what look like local tweakers and um so we take off sprinting towards them. Uh, you know, I'm in a, probably a jacket, jeans, and boots. And, you know, i got a really full belly. Right. And by the time I get to where this event took place, I'm already ready to have a heart attack. Right. And mother-in-law is screaming. Uh, the friend, uh, another woman, had, th- as we're running to them, one of the tweakers breaks out a big, what looked like a Bowie knife. And I'm going, uh-oh, here we go. Well, he used it to cut the purse strap so he can get the purse away from her. And they take off running up the hill. She gets up and runs after them for her purse. Uh. Like, oh, God, here we go. So they go out of sight. And I'm thinking she's probably going to get stabbed out of sight. And we're going to come around the corner. She's going to be bleeding out. Luckily, Twiggers got away with the purse, jumped over a fence. They got the you know iPhone 3 that was in it and, mm. uh, and like 70 bucks in cash. She was uh, smart enough to leave the main, main wallet back at the house. Um, she lives down there as well, American lady, but uh, spends a lot of time in Baja. So mm-hmm. she she was at least uh, aware enough to not bring everything with her. So it was a very minor loss. Nobody's hurt. Nobody's uh, you know nobody got stabbed. Right. But it was uh, it was an eye opening moment for me. Um, you know I think uh, I think that the following day we had a big buffet and probably drank too much that morning also. And then, and, then, and then I decided, okay, that's it. Uh, I need to be in a better position to, uh, to deal with the world when it's not a nice place. Sure. Right? Um, even, even, at my, even at my best uh, condition, could I have ever run those guys down and caught them? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But can I be more prepared to deal with situ- situations like that? Absolutely, I can. So I took the next uh, 365 days off with, uh, with no alcohol at all um just decided that if i was going to lose a bunch of weight train really hard get up early it would be a lot easier to do that without uh, without any alcohol so um so yeah went jumped on the wagon um lost a quick probably uh 50 pounds in the first 90 days just through you know clark deficit Right. right basically starving myself right not really eating properly or or and you know I was training and working out pretty well, but uh, if you're not feeling your body, then then you're not going to have that good of workouts, right? Right. So um, after losing that initial weight, then I began to eat properly, get the you know the right calories and the right amount of them, and uh, and then start to hit the weight room properly, and started to build the muscle, and um, and you know I'm two years into that transformation. I think I, I w- went from. Yeah, 295 to probably 225 was was my lightest. I lost That's a good awesome. 70 wow. pounds or so. That's awesome. Yeah, and uh, I like this uh, like this me a little bit better. Well, uh, you're doing
1: like fucking spartan stuff aren't you or running or marathons or triathlons i i saw something you were doing what yeah for that doing?
2: first year i was definitely into trail running yeah um got big into it me and the wife uh did uh, ragnar trails which okay. is that relay race yeah and that was a ton of fun it's actually coming up in november um and i think we we were signed up we were supposed to do it uh but then uh something happened with our registration and we ended up i don't think we we're doing it this year yeah um and then, you know, I got mixed feelings about uh, as a big guy running and right. doing a lot of miles on the trail. Like, it's not all that good for your hips and, and knees and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So uh, I still do it a little bit, but just not as much. Cool. And, um, and, yeah, so it's always, it's always enjoyable getting outdoors and, you know, hiking and things like that.
0: I think, you know, one of the things, at least for me personally, Derek, before this year's barbecue festival, he he asked me, you know, how do you think you're going to feel after this, after this barbecue festival? Because we walk, I mean, it's... You know we get we get in at 2:30 in the morning we meet up with our road closure team at 3 a.m and I, I mean we didn't leave till 10 30 11 o'clock um, last Sunday and he was like you know how, how do you think you're going to feel after this year's event and I'm like I don't know what you're talking about he's like well now you're working out you know you're working out your body's going to respond a little bit differently and what he told me was totally true you know last night I was able to go out to a soccer city event with Landon Donovan um, and my wife and we saw Scott Kaplan there and I was like She's like, why aren't you tired? I'm like, well, you know, Derek actually even talked to me about this because I've been working out. It's allowed me my body responding differently. You know, I don't feel like I got my ass kicked like I used to. But I also mentally I feel better. You know, every single day mentally I feel like I can be a better leader and I'm actually a happier person.
2: I mean, and it's weird. The you know? body and mind connection is absolutely mm-hmm. insane, right? Yeah. It's um, that's the real deal for sure. Yeah, since I've uh, lost the weight and gotten shape, you know, my confidence is better. Um I personally have sold probably five times as many roof and solar projects this year as I did the previous years. Wow. So yeah, I've seen a 5x growth in my own personal business and wow. sales from super the tra- cool. from the physical transformation. Mm-hmm. It all is connected. And so um so yeah, uh, I totally experienced that as well. That's super cool.
1: Yeah, I mean it it's it's amazing what you can do when you're in the right mindset, um, you know, when you feel sorry for yourself. And, you know, even when you start working out a few times and it's it's easy to get sore and not want to go back. But pushing through that, you you start to see what your body is capable of and how hard you can push yourself. I remember when we first when I first got to Kansas State, uh, we were doing a workout and I'm like, I'm done. That's that's I can't, I can't go anymore. And I literally did 10 more sprints. You know what I mean? It was just like you learn that in sports, you learn it. It's like, man, you can actually do so much more when you're in the right mindset and you feel good about yourself and you're pushing. And then when you have people around you, you have a team that wants to do it with you and you can be competitive with each other and, and just continually pushing each other to, again, both win everybody wins. If you guys are doing the right thing, everyone's lifting each other up. Like, let's go like Sean, you know, today missed, missed its workout and I'm not ragging on him because I want to talk shit, but it's like, let's go. Let's all, let's all keep going. Don't, don't stop the momentum. The momentum's going. Let's just keep it, keep it going. Let's, let's do the right thing. And, uh, you know, it's amazing how much more energy you have. And all that does for me <clears throat> is allows me to be a better dad. And at the end of the day, that's all I want to be is just the best dad I can be to my three boys. And, and if I can do that and that's an ancillary thing, I mean, I'm, a, I'm all in. I'll just keep going and submitting to my trainer when I get in there and let him whip my ass for, for an hour and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do it hopefully for the next 20 years.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, I, I listen to Tim Ferriss podcast a lot and he talks about that you're the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with and just hanging around people that have a positive attitude that are doing business the right way, that are acting like dads, you know, real fathers being there for their kids, making that a priority. Um, and that includes being selfish and making health a priority because then you can be a better husband and then you can be a better dad. Um, and you can actually be there in the moment as opposed to, you know, being on my phone or doing the things that are an absentee father. And I don't want to be that, you know, I want to be, I want to be better and I want to be better for my team, you know? So, for us, we're really, really honored to have you guys come out here. You know, share your story. Um, it's really cool to see you in an in industry that is. I mean, it, you're at the you're, you're at the very front. You're at the frontier, the wild west of an industry that's going to explode. I mean, all the benefits of solar energy, um, the amount of things that it can do. You know, for each single homeowner, each single business owner. Um, it, it's really exciting to see you guys doing you know, doing what you're doing, but doing it as a family and doing it as a small business and doing it the right way. Um, Derek and I are grateful um, that you guys came in and you know, kind of share your story and let us know what's going down.
1: Yeah, and if you're in San Diego, you need solar. Reach out to Repower. How do they get a hold of you guys?
2: Um, you can find us online. You can find us on Yelp. We've got uh, killer Yelp reviews. You, uh, you can find... Um, my Instagram, uh, what is my Instagram? Uh, Oh, Ian Frisch underscore six one, nine, something like that. So
1: and, uh, we'll put
2: it in the show
0: notes. So everything, uh, awesome. everything we talk about today, we'll put in the show notes. So there'll be links to all their social. Great. Um, so you guys can follow them. Also reach out, DM them if you have any inquiries about solar energy, or even if you're on a different part of the world and you're interested in getting into the business, uh, cause we have a lot of people that want to start their own business. Um, if it's something that makes sense for you, these guys have been doing it. Um, So they can kind of tell you and and be a guide. Um, Social shout out behind the smoke. Go for it. Uh, Every week we do a social shout out. uh, People that are tagging us, uh, hashtag behind the smoke. Um, This one's going out to uh, our man, Barrel Man BBQ. Uh, Barrel Man competed this year um, in Spring Valley Barbecue Festival. Um, Carne asada.
1: First place carne asada. First place
0: carne asada. So... uh, We're going to send out a behind-the-smoke mug to Barrel Man Barbecue, so please keep tagging us in your photos. Thank you for coming out to the event. Uh, We're grateful for that, and we're grateful for everyone that's listening to the podcast. Please check out um, our friends over here, Byron and Ian, uh, Repower Solar, and um, we'll catch you guys next Friday. Thank you, guys.
3: Thank you very much for having us.
0: Hey, guys. This is Sean and Derek, and we just really want to thank you for listening to the podcast. It means the world to us. We'd like you to go check out BehindTheSmokeMedia.com. That's our website where we have barbecue resources for you to help build your barbecue business. Uh, We also have events listed, so anything that's happening in the West Coast barbecue movement, uh, anything that's going on, we want you to go check that out so you can learn more and get involved.